Okay, well, hey, um, today is the final message in our Kingdom Steward series. We've been on this series now for about two months, and um, it's been incredible. And the feedback that we've been receiving, we, we hope you're liking it, because from what we're hearing you do, it's been growing for you, it's been stretching you, and that's, that's our prayer, is that we come to the understanding that we are just stewards of everything that we have, of everything that we've been given. It all belongs to God. The earth and the fullness are his, right? And so um, today is the, the final message in this series. And so we thought it would be good to end this series actually defining for you what the kingdom is. It's good timing, right? We're doing a whole series on being stewards in the kingdom. And so we thought for the last message, we'll tell you what the kingdom is. Okay, none of you are getting that, but it'll, it'll click. Um, so, so. The word kingdom is a blended word coming from what two words? Can anyone tell me? The king's domain, kingdom. It's the territory of authority and power that the king holds. And I thought it would be beneficial to look up in the dictionary what kingdom means. Now, it's already on the screens, so you've already probably read it, but I thought this was interesting. In the dictionary, there are six different definitions to the word kingdom. This is number six, the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether in heaven or on earth. Now, that is cool. Here's why it's not just cool, it's really cool. Man, you people, you need to laugh a little bit this morning. Here's what's going to happen. The more you don't laugh, the cheesier this message is going to get, okay? (laughs) I'm promising you right now. So here's why this message is really cool, or this, this definition is really cool. I didn't type in God's kingdom. I didn't type in Christ's kingdom. I didn't type in biblical kingdom. I just typed in the word kingdom. And even Webster gets it. Webster knows that kingdom means the domain over which the spiritual sovereignty of God or Christ extends, whether in heaven or on earth. That's incredible. That almost knocked me off my chair when I read that. Even Webster understands what the true definition of kingdom means. God's ultimate power and authority over all things, his plans, his purposes, his ways. That is his kingdom, his domain in which he has established his rule. What he says is truth. His ways are perfect. His rule is perfect. And just like Jesus prayed in Matthew 6, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's become our mantra here. Because we believe wholeheartedly for heavenly realities to happen now. The reality of heaven, what is the reality of heaven? Is there any sickness in heaven? Is there any pain in heaven? Is there anywhere that God is not? No. 
Anything that is a reality in heaven can happen here on earth in his kingdom. And that's stretching for us to really believe that. It's easy to say. Many of us have probably prayed the Lord's Prayer hundreds of times in our lives. And we just get to that part. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily. And we just, it is so ingrained into us, it has lost all meaning for most of us. Because it's just something that we recite. It's not really something that, for at least for me, that I have wholeheartedly believed and lived out. His kingdom come and his will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven. And we're going with that. And nothing is going to stop us, so we hope you're jumping on board with us. And this revelation is sinking into your spirit because this is truth. This is normal. Eric, on Wednesday, or two Wednesdays ago, was preaching on the verse, these signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well. They will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them. And Eric would say, this is the normal Christian life. But yet for many of us, it's been reduced to coming to a service on a Sunday morning and singing some happy songs and listening to a message and going back to life as normal. No, normal is when you walk into a room, you manifest heaven. You manifest healing and deliverance and hope and joy and peace. That is normal. That is the normal Christian life that Jesus came to make available to us. Not just, how are you doing today? Good. God bless you. God bless you too. Why I'm saying this? Because I've done it a lot. And this revelation is just, become, just beginning to sink in to our spirits as your pastors that we're done making excuses for the status quo. And we are believing the word of God is 100% reality for us now. It's truth for us now because we want it all. Do you want it all? Everything. And we're not settling for anything less than all that Jesus died on that cross to give us. It is all or nothing. And let me tell you something, there is no better way to live in all the earth. We are all in. We are running toward the prize that's Christ. Where am I at? Okay. Heavenly realities happening now on earth. So let's talk about kingdom. When did this kingdom terminology begin? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. Or you can flip on your phone. I'm going to be reading mostly out of the Passion Translation, some out of the NIV. This gets me going, guys. Matthew 3. These are the words of John the Baptist. Here we go, starting in verse 1. We're just going to read verse 1 and 2. It was at this time that John the baptizer began to preach in the desert of Judah. His message was this, the realm of heaven's kingdom is about to appear. The realm of heaven's kingdom is about to appear. Just a little side note here. The word heaven is found 238 times in the New Testament. The word hell is found 23. Yet how often does the enemy 
in the darkness get the majority of our attention. 238 times the word heaven is mentioned, 23, hell. I think we need to have our sights way more focused on what's happening in heaven than what the enemy is trying to do. So John the Baptist says the realm of heaven's kingdom is about to appear. Then Jesus steps on the scene. Turn to Matthew 4. So Jesus, he has been baptized by John. He has been tempted by the devil in the wilderness, and he now begins his earthly ministry. And this is his message he begins to preach. From that time on, Jesus began to proclaim his message with these words. Keep turning away from your sins and come back to God, for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. So what John said was about to appear, Jesus literally echoes his very words one chapter later, but he doesn't say it's about to appear. He says it is now accessible. The kingdom realm of heaven is in your midst. It's close enough to touch it's available for you to live in. A couple chapters later, Matthew 6, this has kind of been one of our theme verses throughout this series. But I want to come at it at a different angle this morning. Matthew 6, Jesus says, So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Now, Track with me here. John the Baptist says, the kingdom realm is about to appear. What happened right after he said those words? He looks up, and who does he see? He sees Jesus standing on the bank of the river. Jesus is baptized, tempted by the enemy, begins his ministry, and Jesus says, the kingdom realm is now accessible. Constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom. Who is the realm of God's kingdom? Jesus. And the righteousness that proceeds from him. Are we chasing after Jesus today? God's kingdom realm is a person. It is Jesus Christ. Jesus came to reestablish the kingdom realm on earth. Because when God created Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth. Think about something. Ready? Outside of the garden, what existed? What condition was the earth in? Was it a perfect place? If it was perfect, why did they have to subdue it? Remember, Satan and his minions had already been cast down to the earth. There was a job for Adam and Eve to do other than just tend to the garden. The kingdom of God had been established to conquer the enemy. But that relationship was broken. The kingdom was lost. And Jesus steps back on the scene thousands of years later to reestablish the kingdom of God on this earth. His rule, his will, his ways. It's now accessible. See, Jesus was the perfect manifestation of the kingdom through everything he said and everything that he did. He could do nothing from himself or his initiative. He only did and said what the Father was saying and doing. We've talked about this a bunch in this series as well. 
Jesus literally said these words, get this, I can do nothing. But Jesus, you're the son of God. I can do nothing on my own, from my own initiative. I only do what the Father is doing. I only say what the Father is saying. Nothing else. The fullness of the kingdom was embodied in Christ. If Jesus said it or did it, it perfectly represented the will and the power of his Father. It says in Colossians 1, the Son is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the very image of the invisible God. He was God in the flesh. And what he did perfectly represented what was happening in heaven, the will of the Father. What the Father wanted to do, he did. And it showed us what was accessible to us. We'll get there in a minute. Bill Johnson says, Jesus came to offer the benefits of his world to all who surrender to his rule. Jesus came to offer the benefits of his world to all who surrender to his rule. Every miracle, every mind-blowing revelation, every act of compassion revealed the reality of the kingdom, a kingdom that is now accessible. Everything that Jesus did, he did to show us this is what is available to you to live in. This is the abundant life. Miracles, signs, wonders. This is how I want you to live. This is your reality. You can live in this. The kingdom is here now on earth as it is in heaven. The reality of God's kingdom appears when Jesus lives in us by faith. I think we need to really examine our hearts, and I need to examine my heart a lot of the time because we easily make excuses for unbelief, and we don't even realize we do it. We are so susceptible to the enemy's persuasion as to why this miracle is not going to happen, why this healing is not going to happen. It didn't happen the last time. I've been praying and praying and praying, and it's still not happening. I deserve what I'm walking through. I must have done something to deal with what I'm dealing with now. It's my fault. Whatever is happening does not change the reality of the kingdom. We can make excuses all day long, but it doesn't change the promises of God. It doesn't change his word. Bill Johnson says powerlessness is inexcusable. We have, we hold the power to change the circumstances of death, hell, and the grave. We hold it within us. Why don't we use it? What is really causing us the fear, the unbelief, the doubt? I don't know. But every single thing that Jesus possessed, he says, here, take it. It's yours. It's accessible. It's for you. You have it all. You lack nothing. It's for us today. The reality of God's kingdom appears when Jesus lives within us by faith.
Turn to Luke chapter 17. This is good. Starting in verse 20. Jesus was once asked by the Jewish religious leaders, when will God's kingdom realm come? Because we have to remember something. The Israel was in captivity, and so they were waiting on a kingdom to be established where Christ would come and overthrow the government and set his people free. It's why we see so often, you know, the disciples arguing about who was the greatest. Because when Jesus would actually set up his earthly kingdom, they wanted to be right by his side. They wanted to be his right-hand man because they were believing that's why Jesus had come. At some point, he was going to establish an earthly kingdom and overthrow the empire. So even the people following Jesus, they asked, when will God's kingdom realm come? Jesus responded, God's kingdom realm does not come simply by obeying principles or by waiting for signs. Read that again. God's kingdom does not come simply by just obeying principles or waiting for signs. You can follow the rules all day long and you're never going to live in the kingdom. I'm not talking about heaven. I'm talking about the kingdom now. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. The NIV says the kingdom of God is within you. They're like, where? Where, where, when is it going to come? When is it going to be established? Where can we go that the kingdom is going to, to be? And Jesus says, no. The kingdom is already here. Through your belief, through your faith, the kingdom is already living within you. See, God's kingdom realm is a person, and it's a people. It's you, and it's me. As Jesus lives within us and his Holy Spirit empowers us, we are the kingdom. Turn to Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. When Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question, what are the people saying about me, the Son of Man? Who do they believe I am? They answered, some are convinced that you are John the Baptist. Others say you are Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But you, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah. For you didn't discover this on your own. But my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone. And this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation of which my church is built. My legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Listen to this. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom. Well, the key, what's that mean? I will give you the keys. The keys means the authority, the power. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. You have that authority. I have that authority. 
to say, listen, if it's not happening over there, uh, up there, it's not happening down here. If it is happening in heaven, it needs to happen here in Jesus' name. That same mandate is echoed through all of eternity and is speaking right to us. You have the keys of the kingdom of God, the power and the authority to say, it's forbidden in heaven, so it's forbidden right here. It's allowed in heaven, so let it happen right here, right now. And we can live in that authority. We can live in that power. It's yours. It's mine. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but power. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. We must be more than just a lot of talk. How many of you like to talk? Come on, all you extroverts, stop lying, get your hands in the air. I know, I know who you are. Yeah. We, and, and not, we like to talk. And we, li- we, we love to say what we believe and say what we stand upon. But really, the kingdom has a whole lot less to do with what we're saying and a whole lot more to do with what we're doing. It, it, it's not about what we say. It's about what we do. Listen, Eric, can you stand up for me? You, yes. You're tall. That way everyone can see you. Stand up. I'm going to brag on him for a minute. Um, many of you know Eric Fredrickson. He's been teaching our life group on Wednesday night now for four months. And I want to tell you something. You know what impresses me about this man? It's not what he teaches. It's not even, you know, what's happening within us because of the revelation that he's received. It's that this man right here, he is 100% real and authentic in what he's saying. We went with him and his family this, uh, was it yesterday? The food truck extravaganza? And I watched him. Every single person that he encountered, he started sharing Jesus with them. I don't even know how many people I saw him praying for yesterday. And even the one guy, after he prayed for him, Eric said, man, that guy was super uncomfortable, but I wasn't letting him out of it. You can sit down, Eric. I just, I just, giving honor where honor is due because he wholeheartedly believes everything that he says. Leslie and I, we wholeheartedly believe every word that we say. But our actions need to back up our words. The kingdom is not a matter of talk, but of power. Is what we're saying happening? I believe in healing you healing anybody? Are you seeing healing happening? These signs will follow those who believe, not those who say they believe. Am I seeing it happen in my life? I can stand up on this stage and tell you this is what you need to do all day long, but if I'm not backing it up in my actions, don't believe a word of it. Because I have to hold myself accountable. Are there people in my neighborhood that don't know Jesus? Are there people in my neighborhood suffering with sickness and disease? If they are, then there's something 
I need to change. I need to step outside of my comfort zone and be the kingdom. Not make up excuses for why I shouldn't or why I can't because it's uncomfortable. Time is too short. We have to live in the urgency that every single person that we walk past, if they don't know Jesus, they're going to hell. And it's our job not to just talk, but to demonstrate the reality of the gospel and the love of God for them. Listen, Jesus did not perform his miracles to prove what God could do. Jesus did not perform his miracles to prove what God could do. That, the Old Testament, just read it. They knew the power of God. They knew what God could do, what he was capable of. Jesus did his miracles to prove what you and I could do when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. You hearing me? Jesus was a man. Jesus took on the limitations of our humanity to show us what a man or a woman empowered by the Holy Spirit of God is capable of doing. Every single thing that Jesus did, you can do. And even more, he says, even greater things you will do because you are empowered by his Holy Spirit. Nothing should stop us. Bill Johnson, he says, uh, when people come up to me and ask me, Bill, how could a loving God let such horrible things happen in this earth? Bill says, I look at them and I ask, well, who did he leave in charge? It's me and you. It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's the kingdom of God. We're the ones in charge. We possess all authority and power that we need for his kingdom to come, his will be done. Are we living in that kingdom this is our mandate. We have been given his authority. We can bring the kingdom everywhere we go. It's a privilege. It should be something that should wake us up in the morning with such joy and anticipation knowing, God, I get to serve you today. I get to take you into my workplace, into my school, into my home, into my community and I get to demonstrate the power of your love, the power of your transformation to every person that I encounter. Yay! Woohoo! It is joy unspeakable and full of glory that we live in. We have been given his authority. We can bring the kingdom everywhere we go, and we must demonstrate heavenly realities to every person or situation we encounter. It's not an option, folks. It's not an option for me. If I claim to be a follower of Jesus, I have to follow Jesus in everything. It's not a buffet that we get to pick and choose what we want to follow or what we want to believe. Jesus said, you're hot or you're cold. You're either all in or you're all out. And I know this is heavy today. I can feel it in the room because it's convicting. And never would we want to try to shame or guilt you into something. We're just trying 
to open your eyes to the reality of all that Jesus has for you, all that he came for you to live in, what is available to you. Because it will change your life. You will never, ever want to go back to the apathy that you lived in before. The normal Christian life. No, it's time to establish a new normal for the Christian life. And I believe Lifeway is called to that very purpose in this valley. Listen, community is great. We want to establish community and fellowship and relationships and see our church grow. That's awesome. But if we're not seeing miracles, signs, and wonders happening in the presence of that community, then why? We're missing most of what Jesus came to give us. And we're going for it. Like I said, we want to see people healed, delivered, set free every time we gather together. No matter if there's 150 of us or five people in your home for a life group. You are the church. You are the kingdom. And you take it with you. Heavenly realities to every person or situation we encounter. So, how do we receive the kingdom? That's a good question, Travis. How do we receive the kingdom? Well, Jesus told us how we receive the kingdom. Luke 18, starting in verse 15. The people brought their babies and small children to Jesus so that he might lay his hands on them to bless them. When the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents. Hmm. We love kids. Can I just say that? It is so cool because we prayed for so long for children and young family, young families to, you know, start coming. And now it's like we're just overrun by kids everywhere. And it's amazing. It could be a little chaotic at times. I live with three of them. But I'm telling you what, the sound of children laughing and having fun and being loud, it's okay. Theirs is the kingdom. When Jesus saw this, or when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents and told them to stop troubling the master. But Jesus called for the parents, the children, and his disciples to come and listen to him. Then he told them, never hinder a child from coming to me. Let them all come. I got to be real. I was a part of a conversation, and I I really didn't contribute much. I just observed and listened, but it it was a few people a while back, and they they were talking about how it made them very uncomfortable when children three years of age and under around that, would take communion because they didn't fully understand what or why they were doing it. And I'm sitting there thinking, listen, I really don't think Jesus is offended by that. Why are you so offended by that? And I really think a lot of the times our three-year-olds have a whole lot better grasp of faith than we do. And I'm not saying that. Jesus said it. If you're mad about that, blame him. Never hinder a a child from coming to me. Let them all come. For God's kingdom realm belongs to them as much as it does to anyone else. They demonstrate to you what faith is all about. 
learn this well. Unless you receive the revelation of the kingdom realm the same way a little child receives it, you will never be able to enter it. Again, Jesus isn't talking about heaven. The kingdom, his rule, his will, his ways on earth right now that we can live in, that we have access to. If we don't receive that revelation just like a child, what does that mean? What's it mean? What's that? Complete faith. I love it. I love when we talk to our girls about Jesus because they just believe. There is no doubt. There's no questioning. It is just pure. It is simple. This is who Jesus is. This is what I can do because Jesus loves me, because Jesus lives in me. What is, Eric, what does uh, Lucas say when he goes up, pray for someone? There you go. Jesus, full healing. He's three years old. And he understands the power of Jesus to heal. And he doesn't question it. Our Natalie and Brielle, when they pray, they don't even question it because it's what the Bible says. Why wouldn't it be true? Why wouldn't it be real? Do we have that faith? Because if not, we're not getting in. We're not going to enter into the kingdom. If we don't have the faith to receive the revelation of the kingdom realm the same way as a child receives it. Jesus, I believe completely. I trust fully every word that you said, every promise that you made, everything that you did is available to me. I want to live and move and have my being in those realities. And we can live there. We can begin to see miracles happening. We're already seeing it. People being delivered. Divine provision. God meeting needs. God supplying abundant resources and finances. It's about how we steward what we've been given. How we steward the revelation of the kingdom that we have received. Do we receive it as a child? Jesus, you said it. You did it. Me too. That's it. Stand up. Please uh, know today I'm not, I'm not trying to sound harsh. If I have, I apologize. I'm not trying to. This is just burning in our hearts. And we want every person to get it. Many of you, you are walking in it. You're living it out. And we're seeing the fruit of that. And it's exciting to us. And we're so passionate to see it happening here. Father, I pray that the faith of a child would be birthed in our souls right now. The revelation of your kingdom, a kingdom that is now, that is here, that is accessible, heaven on earth. We believe it then in everything we have and everything that we've been given, God, is to help us accomplish the mission that you have given us to reach a world that is lost and dying with the hope and the truth of your gospel. 
So may we steward it well. I pray that right now, Lord, as we are just, we are in your presence, that that faith would begin to strengthen, that we would step into the simple yes. We're not overcomplicating it. It's no more than yes, God. I believe it. There is no doubt. There's no fear. There's no reason to doubt or fear. Everything that you have said, let it be so. Yes and amen. God, we cannot miss this. We cannot miss this. The hope of our world depends on this. We have been given too great of an assignment to not understand how important it is to step into the fullness of your kingdom daily, desperate for your power, for your anointing, for your leading in our lives, every step that we take. Let us make the most, God, every opportunity that we have. Let us be done with our excuses. God, forgive us for making so many excuses, so many reasons why we can't or why we shouldn't, and just simply believe and walk in that faith. As your kingdom, as your church, as your bride. Father, I pray peace. I pray favor in every life here today. Continue transforming us, God. Continue renewing our minds. We love you, God, in your name. Amen.